Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. Hope you're having a great Thursday already. Mary Alice and I, all week long, are looking at Psalm 32. David has had a deep, sinful pattern in his life where he's done some awful things. Uh, and as we've been seeing, especially we saw yesterday, he got very stubborn about getting right with God. But now he's on the other side of that. He's confessed his sin to God and God has delivered him from his guilt. And David now is talking about the joy that he has in being forgiven. So I would like to pick up uh, our time together in verse six. We're gonna look at verses six through eight today because David now is beginning to talk to other others who might be in the same sin pattern. And by the way, let me just say something before we get into this. Um, I find it kind of interesting that David is putting this public mm. because he's talking about what his life was like when he was in rebellion against God. I mean, it'd be one thing if David had said, uh, well, you know, I went through a bad season, but God and I got it all straightened out. That's not what he said. Yeah, I mean, he is putting, he's, yeah. he's putting this in a song for people mm -hmm. to sing mm -hmm. about his own guilt and his forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So I, I find that honesty and integrity really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Don't you realize? Oh, absolutely. Especially yeah. in a leader. Yeah, in a leader. Okay. <laughs> so let's go to verse 6. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there's still time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. Now, I, we'll, we'll talk about that while there's time in just a moment, but I, the, the first thing that gets me, he said, let the godly pray while there's still time. Well, mm -hmm. he's talking about confessing sin. And then he said, let the godly pray while there's still time that they don't drown in the floodwaters of judgment. So immediately what comes to me is that godly people can do wrong. Mm -hmm. And if godly people get rebellious, they can quote, drown in the floodwaters of judgment. Well, it reminds me of the New Testament a reference to a carnal Christian. And sometimes a carnal Christian can even have their life cut short uh, you, if they live in rebellion. You and I have been in ministry for a lot of years, and we've known a lot of Christian leaders. It's true, though. You and I have known people that we know God's hand was on them mm -hmm. at one time mm -hmm. and that they were hugely effective. Absolutely. But then they got into a really dark season. Um, there are just so much that comes to me at that moment. I think everybody who is being used greatly of God has to always be on guard because absolutely. Satan's going to do anything he can to take away that effectiveness. Don't you feel mm -hmm. that? Oh, absolutely. And there's always such collateral damage when a great leader yeah. gets, when the, the enemy takes, not, he, I'm not saying he's lost his salvation, but he certainly uses, loses his effectiveness and it can lead a lot of other people astray in the process too. Yeah, and again, godly people can sin. And there's mm -hmm. one more thing that I think we need to talk about today too. We live in the age of cancel culture where if a mm -hmm. person does something wrong, they're immediately persona non grata um, and they're, they're no longer- Thrown away. They're, they're thrown, thrown away, away as a yeah. person. And it's, that's, first of all, it's so hypocritical because mm -hmm. If, if everything was known about everything we've ever said or done or thought about doing if we didn't get in trouble, we all have, as you pointed out on day one, we all have that rebellion, or as Jonathan said in the sermon, we all have a little desperado mm -hmm. in us. But anyway, I, I just would point out that, in, that verse six tells us that godly people can still do wrong and godly people can get swept away in judgment if they get stubborn and double down and don't listen to God. Okay, let's talk about uh, 
the big thing here in verse six. He said, let all the godly pray while there's still time. While there's still time. There's windows of opportunity. And, and you and I know of situations where a person was aware of that window of opportunity and refused yeah. to get right with God. Yeah, and, and they ran out of time. They I mean, time. definitely this would be true if a person died before mm -hmm. they, they dealt with something. It doesn't mean they'd lose their salvation, but it mm -hmm. would mean they would run out of opportunity. Or it, it, it could also be a specific opportunity where a person yeah. refuses to confess sin while an opportunity that God had for them was on the table. And those opportunities can go away. They can go Absolutely. away. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let me just pitch something to you and see what you think about this. What would be in the heart and mind of a Christian who doesn't confess in time? I mean, what would this person be saying about their lives if they're not aware of the fact that they're running out of time? Mm. Oh, wow. Well, boy, this is kind of hard to pin down because there's just so much of it. I think there's um, a, a huge subculture right now of Christians who um, who have decided that God ha has to change to meet them where they are right. in how to live the Christian life, and uh, they've just believed the, the lies of Satan. So I think the opportunities they're going to miss that there's a time on is living the life. We're going to see this in a couple of verses, but they're going to miss the opportunity to fulfill the destiny and the blessings that God has for them. That right. That's going to go away. I like what you say, though, because a lot of people, even Christians, have the idea that god it's God's responsibility to adjust to adjust, me. Yeah. And, and again, you know, don't you feel like a lot of people have a misunderstanding about the love of God mm -hmm. in the sense, well, God loves me, so he wants me to be happy. Ergo, he's okay with what I'm doing. Right. Well, God loves me. That's true. But just like, I mean, if we think about a, a parent disciplining a child, if a child said, my mother loves me, and so consequently, anything I'm doing is okay. Well, love, her, the mother's love would, would mean that a lot of stuff is not okay. Not okay. It's not in the child's best interest, for one thing. Yeah. Okay, let's go back and look at that again. Okay. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there's still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. David says, for you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. This is a sinner talking. Mm -hmm. This is a person who's done some really, really awful things. And yet he says, you are my hiding place. Well, I'm like you just said a moment ago, my mind goes so many directions here. You know, getting it narrowed down to what we probably need to talk about today is a challenge. But, um, you know, David has gone from hiding from God to God being his hiding place mm -hmm. now that mm -hmm. he's dealt with his sin. Okay, here, here's, here's what I want to ask you about. Even though David's sin is forgiven, he's going to spend some years dealing with the consequences mm -hmm. of his sin. It's messing up his family. His son Absalom is going to rebel, start a revolution against him. And David is going to have to deal with the consequences of his decision. But I find this beautiful that he said, even though, Lord, I've sinned against you, you're now my hiding place. And God was actually going to help him deal with the consequences of his sin. It, it reminds me of the story I heard about a dad who sent his kid to time out and then went and sat in time out with him. <laughs> so what do you think about when you think about well, that? Well, when I think about, of um, course, we're talking about sin and forgiveness here, and I'm reminded of the illustration we have in the New Testament, how we're covered with Jesus' blood. So our sin is covered. 
Yeah. And uh, although there were still some natural consequences that he had to deal with, and there's a lot of complexity to that, but he knew because he was now honest, had, had that forgiveness, he knew that his sin was covered. And so in that sense, God is his hiding place. Yeah. Well, and again, I instantly, I think about Psalm 3, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's my ADD, I'm jumping around. <laughs> Because Psalm 3 has to do with David dealing with the consequences of his sin. It's when Absalom starts the revolution mm-hmm. and David mm-hmm. is trying to get out of the way and uh, stop a, a, rebel- a revolution from happening. And in Psalm 3, David said, uh, there are those who say God won't help him this time yeah. because they knew what he'd done. Mm-hmm. But then he said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You know, we uh, love that song yes. at New oh, Spring because yeah. David yeah. was saying, I know I did wrong. I know I'm going to have to live with the consequences of some of my choices, Mm -hmm. but you're even going to help me go through, even though I've sinned against you, God, you're going Mm -hmm. to go through those consequences with me. You're going to sit with me in time out. I love that illustration. That's wonderful. But that's not all. Look Mm -hmm. at this. Before I go to verse 8, back on Tuesday, I I shared with you that David had three words for his sin. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, I crossed the line. I lived in rebellion, but then one of the words that he used was, he said, I traveled a crooked Crooked path. path. Mm -hmm. So evidently, he didn't, this thing with Bathsheba and killing Uriah, it didn't come up overnight. You know, Mm -hmm. Christians a lot of times want to say, oh, it just came out of nowhere, you know, some sin. But David admitted he had kind of gotten on a crooked path. Mm -hmm. You know, he had started letting this go and letting that Mm -hmm. go, and I guess this is okay. But now notice this, in verse 8, he said, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Mm-hmm. God in his mercy said to his forgiven child, okay, now that you're listening to me, I'm going to take you along the best path. I think the word best just jumps out at me. Yeah. The best pathway for your life. And, you know, God could say, okay, you, you made your bed, you lying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things he could have said. Yeah. But to say that I will guide you along the best pathway for your life is, is just, that's just huge. That's just a joy. Well, it's a huge mistake when even in the family of God, we give up on Christians who follow. Mm-hmm. Because if they turn to God and if they ex- accept the fact that they made some mistakes, they're going to have to deal with the consequences for it. It doesn't stop God from guiding that person along the best path. And here's what I've mm-hmm. discovered in my life and in the lives of others that I've ministered to through the years. Um, God's always merciful. Yes. You know, he'll, he'll always show mercy uh, when we come back and we, we come to him in full, full confession. Mm-hmm. Being honest with God. Anything else on your mind before you pray, Mary Alice? Oh, well, the last little phrase is, I will advise you and watch over you. Of course, I, I love the watch care, maybe because I'm a woman. I don't know, <laughs> but I love, I love the fact that he's watching over us as well. Yeah. We'll pray for us. Let's have prayer. Oh, Father, thank you so much for your great mercy and your forgiveness, and we need that each and every day. Thank you most of all for what Jesus did, that he sacrificed himself so that our sin could be forgiven and covered, and so that we could have eternal life, but that we could be in this relationship with you, Father, so that we could follow you, that you would guide us along the best pathway. I know, Father, that's true for each and every one of us. If we will come to you and confess our sins and get in a right relationship, that you are anxious to guide us along the best pathway for our life. And Father, I just pray that you'd help us each to submit to that, to come to you, because you want nothing for us but the best and blessings. And what a wonderful Father you are. I pray for each and every person who's watching or listening today, 
that you would um, wrap your arms of love around them, guide them, Father, today, help them to know how much you love them, and show them the answers that they need, even today, um, that we can enjoy this relationship that you provided. And we're going to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today on Noah's Window. For those of you who have your Bible open, you know we still have a few verses left in Psalm 32. We're going to go after those tomorrow, Friday, on Noah's Window. We'll look forward to seeing you very soon. God bless.